Uh, now I can't remember the director's name. God, the movie I'm looking forward Quentin to is, is, is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I said it first. <laughs> you. Because <laughs> I remembered his name. Welcome to the Cold Bow Podcast. This is Jake, and I'm here with my cold bros. What's up, guys? We are getting together at a very different situation than we have been. It's three hours past the butt-ass crack of dawn. <laughs> butt-ass, Jose. <laughs> that seemed redundant, but uh, effective. But effective. Um, we are... We went, Chris and I started school, and so now we have to change our schedules around. So instead of during the week, it's a weekend. Instead of at night, it's in the morning. It's we're so if the energy seems a little weird today, that's gonna be why. No, there's no there's no more slap happy. It's like sleep deprivation. Maybe maybe it's better though. Maybe maybe our energy will come into us, and we'll just it'll be better instead of like slowly draining. We'll be slowly rising, (laughs) just like in the morning. Like you wake up in the morning and you're already risen. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, so uh what have you guys been up to <laughs> uh like you said we started school so it's been very yeah very if you guys want to hear about html and css <laughs> i have plenty to talk about um i just found out recently I've, I've been listening to a lot of study music one of my favorite bands of all time city and color has a new album coming out this year and i'm really excited so they're they're going on tour i was like oh i want to get tickets they're only in canada I'm not willing to travel to Canada to see a band. No. But I'm really stoked for this new album. If you guys have never listened to City and Color with a U, because they're Canadian. Oh. Uh, they're great. They're not just pretentious Americans. No, they're mm. pretentious Canadians. Okay. And they used to be, like, in high school age, they used to be just like this, what's the post-hardcore screamo band? Yeah. And then they transitioned to one of, like, the greatest um, alternative acoustic it's interesting Folk to see bands those transitions. Like, well, and it's like they're so damn good too. It's like <laughs> you should have started this way, but then like maybe you wouldn't have worked back then. Yeah. So it, I don't know. It's crazy. Interesting. But they're great. I love them. What, what are they called again? City and Color. City and Color. Mm-hmm. They're amazing, and Shout they're out. they're perfect for listening to when you're studying and doing music. Do, do they have like lots of lyrics? Because I usually try and like keep lyrics out when I'm working. Uh, they do, but it's. I don't know. Maybe maybe it wouldn't work for you. It worked. I tend to, I can tone out lyrics. What is so funny, Jake? Chris said, "A band is great for listening to. <laughs> <laughs> Pools are great for holding water." Wait, the first I said thing specifically to... while studying. Uh, okay. I, well, I didn't listen to that part. <laughs> I just thought I just listening pulled, after I the funny pulled, thing. I just pulled a Reese. <laughs> enough for the joke. That's it. They're great for li- bands are great for listening to. <laughs> Anywho, um, what have y'all been up to? I um, I know it came out. It came out about a week ago or or so. But uh, I've been watching the new uh, season of Stranger Things. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah, Stranger Things came out. I just finished that the other night. Yeah, is I, it, I haven't is it finished good? it. I've I'm, heard it's good. I'm like only like four or five episodes in. I'm kind of taking my time with it. Dude, I watched the first episode and like I was kind of let down. I, it, well, it's to me, it's episode. been getting I know, really, but like, a lot better. Do you remember like the very first like episode one? Oh, yeah. Stranger? That, that, like that the hook at the end. The, yeah, the hook is what I'm looking for. Ooh. Like, because Stranger Things is the only show I've ever like marathoned. Uh-huh. What's the word that we yeah, use? Marathon. So, ever. 
And then I was like, man, where's that like hook? Where's that like immediate need to watch the next one? I, I didn't feel it with this one. So like so Billy getting drugged into a basement didn't didn't hurt you. give a <laughs> about Billy White. <laughs> <laughs> um I I don't know, I was I was pretty hooked, but I think I think Stranger <coughs> Things is going based off of that they've if you're if you're still watching season three, you've basically already been hooked. Yeah, yeah you can like you, know I mean? you can you almost like abstract it out far enough that the first season was the hook for the, yeah. for the but to Chris's to Chris's point I mean every season premiere needs to have its own oh absolutely it needs to like really like it's, it's kind of a fractal thing mm. where even every episode is going to need a hook to right. keep you in the episode and, and to me that didn't really happen like the part that really like really gets you going well I haven't seen it yet so isn't until probably episode 4 Oh geez, really? Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of exposition and stuff, but it's it's. I mean, it's good. Everything else before that, I think, mm-hmm. is good. But episode four is when you really start to like see some things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was funny. I was sitting there. I was watching it with. Uh, I think I told you guys this. I was watching it with Mara. Mara started watching the first episode of season one of Stranger <clears throat> Things, and she's like, "Nope," and she turns it off. Right? She what? just yeah, really. She, she doesn't. <laughs> oh, so it's a horror, and it's a horror that the Giffords like. It's weird. <laughs> Is Honestly, it, and it, it is. It is weird because, like, I'm sitting there watching it with my wife, mm-hmm. who um, who also doesn't like horror, and she's like, especially season three. There's like so many times where she's like, "This is messed up." Yeah, <laughs> she, yeah. She said that so many times. It's messed up. But, but but for me, for some reason, Stranger Things is like, it doesn't scare me. Like usually after a horror movie, like I have problems walking through my dark house, like turning mm-hmm. off the random lights mm-hmm. and stuff at the at night and stuff but with stranger things for some reason it doesn't affect me like other horrors so well it's because it it utilizes so many other 80s tropes yeah it feels familiar i think i love the terminator one (laughs) oh sorry it will immediately when when he was immediately on the screen trish is like oh look terminator it's not a it's not a um Spoiler. It's, it's the Terminator. It's supposed, he's supposed to look and act exactly like Arnold. It's not a. It's not a spoiler. They even call the trailers. Yeah. What? He's in the trailers. Yeah. Um, but the the I part don't watch I'm trailers, I want to be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the part in the part that I'm specifically referencing is in episode four. There's it's the very very beginning. There is two characters and they're sitting in the dark and you see something move behind them. If you mm-hmm. if you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. and Mara was watching, she had no context, she had no idea what was going. On. Was like, what the <laughs> <fuck> is that? <laughs> Turn that <laughs> off. <laughs> That's so weird too. It's like the biggest show in the world right now, and she's like, "What is this? What is this show?" <laughs> I I loved it. I thought it was so good. Um, yeah. it's really good. I'm I'm excited to finish. I can't it. I can't yeah. really say if I it, where I would rank the season because it's so fresh and new, but it's. The, the show just doesn't miss. It's it's crazy. But what kind of pissed me off is uh, um, just like scrolling through YouTube, whatever. I saw a video from whatever chat, like Looper or something like that. That was like, it spoiled a little bit for me. Like, what happens? Uh, like, what happens to this character? Explained. Yeah, I, was I like, saw that too. Seriously? Now I, I know saw, this I character is uh, something gets happens dead or whatever. Yeah. Or yeah, is mysteriously saw, missing. But it, like the show's been out for like maybe a week now, and people yeah. are like, "Well, if you haven't seen it already, then it's you, eight episodes. You're like, the problem that you yeah. haven't watched the show in seven days. Exactly. Like, am I? <laughs> like so far, I'm I'm watching it bi-weekly yeah. or weekly even week with weekly releases. So yeah, I didn't really stumbled over that word. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch I'm it depending so, on my situation. <laughs> I'm so. Uh, I, I hate spoilers. Mm-hmm. So I, I it bugs me so bad when people 
Because if you know that someone in the room hasn't seen it and then you spoil it anyway and then just say, well, should have seen it. I Because even if the movie is super old yeah. and the, and someone's like, oh, I haven't seen it yet. And they're like, well, it's been out 20 years. You, you've had the time. Like uh, that, that counts for if you're scrolling through the Internet mm-hmm. and you see a spoiler. But like for right now, for right but, now in this situation, like... Don't be a dick. This is an interesting conversation to have, too, because people are so afraid or don't want to avoid spoilers. They want to avoid spoilers, myself included. But then even like directors and actors are like, we can't even make a proper trailer for our movie anymore because (laughs) I can't show you a spoiler because people will freak out. Like the director of Blade Runner, uh, Mm -hmm. Denis Villeneuve, he's like, my trailer sucked and no one saw my movie because I couldn't spoil anything. Right. Um, but yeah, it's uh, people are so afraid of spoilers that because like I, I even hate it when someone's like, dude, that movie was so good. The twist at the end. I'm like, now I'm just looking for things. I'm going to try to figure out the twist before it happens. Oh, I'm really bad at that then. Yeah. I, I, well, and that's the thing is like I've caught myself like like I just said the Terminator thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess that might have been a spoiler for you. Sorry. Because I, I like spoil as a joke. Yeah, it's yeah. a joke. But but it's like it happens in the first episode. Is it? A, yeah, it's not really a joke. It happens very early. Like like the first scene. In the first, in the entire season, yeah, he's. I must have missed that. It's Stranger Things. You're looking for these '80s tropes. You're looking for these characters, these actors, the Easter eggs and stuff. Yeah, like like uh, uh, I'm gonna mispronounce his name, his last name, but uh, Carrie Elvis. Mm-hmm. Elvis, you got uh, it right. Yeah, I got it right. He he's in the show this season, and he's one. He's a he was a huge '80s actor, you know. So it's like they they Stranger Things is known for purposely putting popular 80s or even 90s actors and character tropes tropes um and different things they have at least two now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at least at least i guess winona ryder (laughs) you had you had had, uh sean astin yeah that's who i was thinking of sean astin and carrie elvis and then winona ryder winona ryder Mm -hmm. interesting see interesting see all right right. shall we get started (laughs) yeah should we get into our uh stuff okay cool well this week we thought we would do kind of a uh like a mid-year a mid-year review of movies and stuff so and stuff and and we've never done anything like that before this is kind of out of our wheelhouse movies (laughs) talk about movies talk about movies and other stuff so we're gonna go we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna talk about uh kind of the, the best movies of the year so far, the worst movies of the year so far, what we're looking forward to. Um, I kind of like kinda, thinking of this as like movie of the year watch. Watch. Like keeping yeah. track of your, your sure. goat movie of the year so far. Mm-hmm. Something like that. So something I've thought about when I was when I was putting together my my research for this episode, I feel like 2019 has been especially on the big screen. I feel like two things. There's two things. 2019 has been more about the small screen than the big screen. Uh, one and two, it's been a lot more for the big screen. It's been almost more about the disappointment <laughs> than it has been about the great movies. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and I was thinking that too, but then it's like Endgame came out, you know? Well, exactly. Like, because super high the, highs and, and the super, super high lows. highs, but the, the list of the, the disappointments is much longer than the yeah. list of great. It's not, it's not a consistently good year. And me. that's going to be every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- to be fair. 
It's going to be every year. But the, li- the I feel like the list of super great movies is just shorter this year. Than uh, yeah, I feel like last year when we did this, I had past. more to talk about. Because mm-hmm. we saw good movies and like there was like one for every month, one or two for every month. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, last year, our, our best movie was uh, Quiet Place that came out like in March or April. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so as far as the disappointing movies, did you guys ever see Alita Battle Angel? Mm-mm. I've heard it's really good. I heard it was really good, too. Really? Yeah. yeah. I heard I, okay, was, so I heard it visually it was it was a visual spectacle. I heard, visually it was I unbelievable. The, yeah. the story I could not have been more bored the, or uh, let down. This movie has been used as an example and this might be political cuz apparently if you like this movie now then you hate Captain Marvel. That that's that's the oh, I hated both movies. <laughs> exactly. But but that's the comparison is yeah. like Oh, I see. I I can support a woman as a hero. I love this movie, but I hated Captain Marvel. Right. That, that's what that's. This is like the internet's like hero movie. I there was so much going for Alita: Battle Angel. There's some great actors. There's some great uh, visuals and everything. But the everything was so wooden, and some of the lines, some of the dialogue in it was the worst. Literally the worst I've ever seen in a movie. It is it is bad, bad like. Leprechaun too bad <laughs> as far as the lines and the and the dialogue. It is bad, bad, bad in this movie. And so I, I, I don't want to see it so. Um Yeah, and I think Chris, you the the whole um like it's the like the uh fallback for people that didn't like Captain Marvel but mm-hmm. want to still say that they liked women in movies or whatever, you know, like strong women in movies. Mm-hmm. So they can anyway. So so I think that's why we're, you're seeing so many positive reviews and positive things. It's like about retroactively it. getting loved because see, I don't hate women. Exactly. Gotcha. Um, Game of Thrones. We went through a whole thing. We don't really need to talk too much about Game of Thrones being a disappointment. Go back to our Game of Thrones episode, and you'll hear all our thoughts on that. Um, I know Chris was really disappointed in Glass. Yeah, uh, Glass really, really let me down. Uh, Split came out three years ago. That was that was my movie of the year when it came out. It oh, came yeah. out it like in January. Fantastic movie. And like, I know we talked about this already, but the 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 twist ending to to Split just blew my mind. It was one of the coolest theater experiences. I think I went with you guys. I don't know, Scott, were you there? I don't think so because we had a sleepover. <laughs> we went and saw Glass the next day or Split the next day. Um, and then just the, I don't know, I, I think Jake uses this word, he used it a lot the last episode, but the character betrayal that they did in that, in that show just for like shock value. Mm-hmm. And then this like, this like air of pretension, like we're going to set up a climax. Oh, that's the climax you were expecting. You're an idiot for wanting that climax. You're stupid. What what do you think this is? They do. M. Night Shyamalan could not have done a more M. Night Shyamalan thing. Mm-hmm. Like, M. Night made a lot of really good movies back in the 90s and the late 90s, early 2000s. And then he got a big head and made some stinkers. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of disappeared for a while, or at least people stopped caring about him. And then he came out with Split, and you're like, oh, wow, this is he's great. Back. He's, back to M- he's back to the original M. Night that we liked. And then he came out with Glass, and you're like, oh, I think well, doing it, the M. Night stuff. The problem like, with, oh. with uh, Shyamalan is, uh, <coughs> I think... Black Betty. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, anyway, um, he's... Uh, 
he got known for the the twist ending thing. Yeah. And so now he feels like he has to like up it every time. <clears throat> and so and that and that seems like it's And that's by. and that was Split's great yeah. thing is that his twist <laughs> was super subtle and it wasn't until it was almost like a post credit scene. Right. This the the twist was the and and so it was this great like super suspenseful movie and you were so invested into it. It's split is so good. And it's then, like a comedy, it's a horror, it's a thriller, and then, it's an action. Then movie. the then it was then the twist was like, oh, it was a subtle twist that meant the world. Yeah. Uh whereas glass now you have to live up to that twist. Right. The, the, and <clears throat> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. The thing about the twist in Split is that it, it, regardless of what happens with that twist, whether he keeps it or not, it doesn't change the plot of the movie. The movie, the movie was good so regardless it was like a, of, the, of the twist. It, it wasn't had like a twist; it was like a reveal, kind yeah. of. Yeah, like yeah. like uh, the his earlier movies, uh, like um, <clears throat> The Sixth Sense. The twist is very crucial to the plot point. Most of Absolutely. his movies, the twists are crucial to the plot point. It reveals something about the plot point, the plot that anyway. Uh, Split didn't have that. Split it was like, like you said, it was almost like an afterthought, almost like, a, oh hey, well, this but movie now now exists fans. in a broader mm-hmm. universe, and so it was like, it was a bigger deal, but it also didn't make a difference to the plot of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's what I think was so good about it. And <clears throat> exactly, this is to also your point. this is also something to be said about. Uh, expectations, disappointment, and expectations, yeah. because <clears throat> Split set expectations, and then. When Glass didn't live up to Split, it was a huge disappointment. And I wonder if Glass would have been a, as big a disappointment had Split not set the expectation for it, for how good that's, it was. That's a good question. because. But you cannot separate them. Right. There's, it's well, impossible it's a, it's to say. Sequel. It's part of the franchise. Exactly. And it's impossible to say, but some of my least favorite movies I've ever seen were solely based on my expectations. Exactly. Yep. So it's... Yeah, yep. you, you can't really you can't really blame a average theater goer for not liking that movie based yep. on on expectations that the director already set. Sure. Now, all that being said, I do want to say there were some good things about Glass. It was the mo- it was disappointing for sure, um, but there were some things that I liked about it. Um, well, and that's with every one of these disappointing right. the the disappointments, yeah. quote unquote. With every one of them, there's there's aspects of them that are great and that's why the disappointment in not the worst movie of the year is because there's there's redeeming qualities to all of them and that it had the bones to be something great and then just fell short i i don't think that to me even though i particularly didn't like glass i was disappointed in it um to me it didn't really hurt the overall trilogy um uh well i mean it didn't kill Unbreakable or uh, or Split for me. It was just like, okay, you have two great movies and then you have a dud. A dud. And, yeah. and, uh, and it's unfortunate that it was a dud, but ultimately the, the trilogy itself I think is still pretty strong. I mean, it's no Mighty Ducks. but <laughs> <laughs> It's no Mighty Ducks too. <laughs> Quack Attack is back, Jack. <laughs> cool. Uh, should we get into the meat then? Uh, there, there's no more uh, disappointments this year for anyone. Yeah, the one, the one I was gonna say was gonna be Game of Thrones. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't hate season eight as much as everybody else did, but uh, you've told us, have I? Yes. Okay. I didn't hate it. I, I honestly didn't hate it as much as everyone else either. But it was. But I definitely did not like yeah. the season. I didn't. I, it was, it was definitely the weakest season of all of them, mm-hmm. and I think for that. Sure. Uh, 
I think and that people's arguments about it are valid. For for a show that is so amazing mm-hmm. to have its weakest season be the last season is immensely disappointing. But we we don't have to spend any more time on Game of Thrones. Right. We have a whole episode exactly. on. So I just that, I, was, that was my pick. You I kind of wanted to because we've we've brought it up. We've never really fleshed it out. But I kind of wanted to bring up why Captain Marvel bugged me so bad. Oh sure, yeah, because that, that was, was on my list. Disappointing movie that I saw this year. One too that they've been they've been marketing it for like four years now. They're like, oh, we're going to have our first uh, female-led movie, which seemed weird that they had to like announce it so far in advance. And they're like, oh, we got the Academy Award-winning actress. And then the biggest disappointment to me was that they didn't do Scarlett Johansson as their first female-led right? movie. And and the one who deserved it. And she's amazing. She yeah. as Black Widow. She is so good. Yeah, and she's actually charismatic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like Brie Larson can be charismatic, like especially in other movies. But especially. she wasn't. But she it, had the personality yeah. of a pickle. Yeah. In this movie. She it was like the way she chose to portray this person. Yeah. Uh, Aloof and yeah, it was and weird. the whole movie, like the plot took a back seat, the even the villain took a backseat. But the villains it, were so great. Well, ben Mendelsohn was so good. Yeah, exactly. He was a, he was great. He was the best part of the movie. But if you've seen the movie, you know he's not the villain. Well, so, so the whole... What I mean is the plot, the characters, they all took a backseat to... Spoiler alert. To her showing people that... No, I was right all along. I was powerful all along. And then her, like, hero accident, her... Her Hulk gamma ray bitten by a spider accident somehow makes her more powerful than any well, and previous or I'm, upcoming character ever. I'm fine with that because the Hulk did the it, same thing. His, it just, his his gamma ray accident. It made just him, feels unearned, is what I'm trying to say. the The problem I the biggest problem I had with it is the moral of the story mm-hmm. is to lose control. Mm-hmm. It's to let go, like. Hulk has to find a way to <clears throat> gain control of his of his uh, gamma radiation. Mm-hmm. Spider Man has to learn how to control his his <clears throat> powers. Every superhero movie is about learning to control the whatever is inside you that is it, whether you're you're Black Panther and you have to control the rage that you have against whomever. Whether you're whom if even if you don't have uh, Tony Stark has to control his demons. His alcoholism. Uh, ca- Captain Marvel has to lose control. Mm-hmm. She has to give control away. And I, I feel like it, it's such an opposite. There was no character progression. She it's, didn't learn anything. She, no. I was right all along. I was, I, I, I was right exactly. the whole time. I, it was did, so, I did zero growth. That was, the, that was the part that bugged me the most is that it went totally against everything that superhero movies. And, and not that going against bucking yeah doing something new is a bad thing it's not necessarily a bad thing but this one was just so weird and it was executed poorly and i don't know it was so well and it almost it um it also uh kind of undermines a lot of what marvel had been doing up to this point as well Mm -hmm. um because for some reason they wanted to make it in the 90s and i know um so they because they wanted a, a killer soundtrack i don't know like but for some reason they decided to make it in the 90s and and cast a, a younger um uh samuel L. jackson nick fury mm-hmm. um and, and so that's the like but because of that like the whole the the line that it's it's almost it's a big line in the first avengers movie when 
uh, Nick Fury is saying like, and uh, we thought we were alone in the universe until we saw him, and he he, he gestures to, uh, to to Thor, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the problem with prequels, man. Right, it's, Captain America, obviously, or, Cap, you, or Captain Marvel, sorry, obviously, yeah, dispute you like have to throws that completely you come up in a, in a spaceship and flew him around. <laughs> and the thing about that is, you, the, the writers aren't dumb. They do they 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 do that in spite of mm-hmm. that line. Like, like they're they're not overlooking it and like oh dang we we overlooked that mm-hmm. they they they're know. just saying oh he's Nick Fury he's the he's the, his secrets have secrets so yeah. he's this is that, the first time I felt though that they were doing stuff just for like because they wanted to and there was no cohesion like uh especially since they we, they na- re- they named the Avengers because of her and yeah. not Captain America the first Avenger the it's first in the title <laughs> yeah. yeah dude it it just it bugs me so bad <laughs> just the second you start going to prequel territory and and like even Captain America first Avenger was a technical prequel but it was a third movie that they made yeah so or fourth i don't remember at this point but still but it was still written mhm with the, all of that in mind, right? Not retrofitted like mm-hmm. Captain Marvel being the twenty-first movie or whatever right. in the series. Yeah, and the, all of this, like, and we we've made all these arguments, putting any of the politics aside. It's it doesn't matter who what who the character is. It was, and then on egregious. top of that, when you add the politics and you look at her off-screen behavior, it doesn't help. Nope. Yeah. So. It helps some people, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But like, if we're if you're just looking at it objectively, it's it it's not good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's too bad because I I was actually looking forward to this movie a lot, and then kind of walked out. Well, and I feel like because I've I've known about because to me she's been Miss Marvel forever. Like even video games, I have comic books, I have her. She's always been Miss Marvel. Then I was like, when did she get this Captain moniker? That's weird. And I was kind of hoping they'd explain that, and they didn't. They nothing. Marvel likes to pretend like this is one of my most popular characters of all time. Well, if you look at the sales of your comic books, that's not even close to being true. Daredevil is the most popular character. Exactly, but they they don't like they, in they, comic they, sales. They, Marvel makes up their own narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, which hasn't really been a problem so far because nobody really knew Iron Man before that came out and they based the whole franchise on him. Mm-hmm. So this one I was like, oh, maybe they'll lift this character up and and they apparently have because they made a billion dollars. But it, it, to me, it did not work. Yeah. All okay. right, moving on. We've we've spent too much time on uh, the movies we didn't like. Let's get into uh, the more positive. We're never territory. negative on this show. So. <laughs> um. Let's, uh, should we start with our, each of our runner ups on the, yeah, for the movies? Okay. Scott, let's hear it. Start us off. Okay. Um, I haven't watched a whole lot of movies. So my, I guess my runner up, um, see a lot of movies with my son. I, I watched, uh, now I can't remember the name of it. It's, uh, the dragon one, how How to train train your dragon end of the world or something like that. Yeah. How to train your dragon three, three. It was good. Um, it was the hidden world, not end of the world. Um, I, I, but those I, movies have all been really good. Like they're really well cast. I never saw the second one, but I think I went with you. It was you and me and Dad and Leroy, right? Yeah. Yeah. To the third so. one. To the third one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was good. I actually liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, um, let me let me look at the cast. There's a, uh, I mean the main guy Jay Burchill. Like, I don't know what necessarily he is, but like Kit Harrington. You don't know Jay Burchill. I know who he is. I just didn't know how to say his name. 
but Kate Blanchett and mm-hmm. America Ferrera. It's it's got a good cast and it's um, written well. Like honestly, I had forgot about this series until it came out. I was like, oh, Leroy will like that, and then I went to it. I was like, oh man, this is really good. Dude, this this series has been a staple in our family because the the fandom around How to Train Your Dragon is comparable to like Avatar: Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. In certain circles, anyway, huh. um, the popularity of it is huge. Like the online fans, the, the drawing. Yeah, there, there's stuff. a there's a Netflix TV show for yeah, it. Yeah, and my kids have watched it over and over and over, and they have like hundreds of little small movies, and and I've seen them all by passing by with my kids or whatever. So they they've built up this huge world, and they have like a ton of lore to it. It's kind of weird. It's really merchandisable. <clears throat> so yeah. I, is there much merchandise for it? Not really, because if you think about it, like the 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 variety of dragons in the in the there's about as movie. much merchandise for it as like other like mm-hmm. uh, DreamWorks movie. It's it's not Disney. They don't have that Disney. Because I watched it thinking like, oh, <clears throat> it's there's a lot of things in here that they made decisions for just to sell toys, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen any toys for it, so yeah. I wonder what. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but I thought it was cool. Yeah, I like the the villain was yeah pretty scary. The uh, dragon the introduction guy. the introduction of. Uh, Whoops. <laughs> the introduction of like the acid dragons. Yeah. That 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 he used that was kind of the the ultimate way to defeat a dragon. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yep. That was kind of cool. I uh when I left because we've known of the franchise forever. My wife and I are both like we liked it. We we're like I just wanted like a like a bigger ending, you know, yeah. like, so, like, like go out with though. a bang. Yeah, it was it was a little more like subtle. It was like yeah. the ending wasn't killing because like the main villain, he was scary, but he wasn't like like uh, Thanos, if you know what I mean. Yeah. He wasn't like this big yeah. bad. He was just a guy that hunts dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole point was was a uh, hiccup letting go of Toothless. And, yep. and like, the, the, the ending to me wasn't like an explosion in the sky. It was like a smooth landing it was like old yeller kind of like he didn't kill him but it was saying goodbye exactly and it was so we were both like yeah like it was sad but like i don't know like i felt like it could have went out bigger but they chose not to so that i think that was uh it was they had the option but they definitely made the decision exactly another thing about the movie is the epic sweeping fantasy of it like the the some of the shots in that in that movie are insane oh yeah like the, Dude, it's awesome visually. The uh, the first How to Train Your Dragon was the first IMAX 3D movie I saw. I, no, I saw Avatar, and then I saw this. Blew my mind. So it was good. like so good. I couldn't I couldn't really get over it. It's funny so. that we're talking about How to Train Your Dragon, but it, it really is. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's a good yeah. franchise. Mm-hmm. It, it's franchise. got it's it's any good uh, kids movie or show will will have layers to it. So it, there's stuff that the parents will like, and there's stuff that the kids will like. Yep. So go check it out. Great. Check it out. I'll go next. Um, my runner up. Um, I think uh, I was telling you guys earlier that it's it's because it's been the most surprising um, good movie, I think, of the year uh, was actually Shazam. Dude, um, I love this movie. It's such a good movie. It, I love this movie. It makes me sad that I haven't seen it yet. So you should watch I want it. To. I want to. I was super excited for it and then yeah. didn't go see well, it see, in that's, theaters. That's, that's, the that's my story of the year this year. <laughs> I The last... The last uh, DC movie, admittedly, that I've actually watched in theaters was, I think, Justice League. 
Um, mm-hmm. I didn't watch I didn't watch um, Shazam Aquaman. or Aquaman in theater. I actually waited till they were out and I mm-hmm. could watch them on the small screen. And Aquaman was it was good, not great. It had some really bad parts. It had some really great parts. So it was, it was good. Um, DC the DC universe has been one of those a big question mark, especially with the role of their two biggest characters being Batman and Superman. But they're smaller characters. They're less, lesser known other than wonder woman, but they're smaller, more background characters, uh, are having really good, really good. They're still in the shows in the, in the, yeah. Think about it. That's what, that's what Marvel did. Yeah. And so if Marvel would have started out their entire universe with Spider-Man and daredevil, it might not have been yeah, how, right. how many how many failed Spider-Man well at, at that point I that's guess, true just, you had two you had three in a row that were well not three in a row I guess by the, when Iron Man came yeah, out there was the just first the Iron one, Man the, the third but, Toby Maguire I don't know the thing about Shazam is it doesn't pretend to be anything else mm-hmm. and, and, and that's what's so nice about uh, having like these background characters yeah. is, is you don't have the expectation and the history and all that stuff yeah. going into it. It's, it. it's like building from the ground up. Have you seen Shazam? Uh-uh. So it's very much their Spider-Man homecoming. Okay. Like if, if I had to compare it to the MCU as a kid given powers, the funny moments being kids, great soundtrack. Um, but this movie, this is the first movie DC movie I've seen since Batman versus Superman. Because that movie left such a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> and then the reviews come out for the rest of the ones. And I was like, see, I told you they're all suck. Um, and then this one came out and they like, I don't know, they, they course corrected. I think they said that w- what we're doing isn't working. Um, people are laughing at us. So let's let's just have fun. And yeah. superhero movies are supposed to be fun. They can have a message because a lot of a lot of them definitely do. Um, but this one is it's such a good movie. It's well, just so I don't know. Like I smiled the whole time. It's scary too. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. There's a moment in there that's actually pretty. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Like, and my kids were covering their eyes, and I yeah. was like, this is not what I expected. Yeah. This is. Yeah. This was almost like hidden in the, uh, in the details. Like like they they didn't advertise it. So I was talking to someone at work about the about the DC universe and and DC kind of, <clears throat> they made a great trilogy with the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. Um, it was based in reality. Mm-hmm. And that was the big thing that DC had going for it at the time was it had movies that were based in reality. So they tried to bring Superman into that real reality type universe. They tried to tell Superman. Yeah, it's been because Nolan wrote Man of Steel or he, he helped he, he helped write it or he something. An, he's an executive producer. So he, he gave yeah. them like some notes. So like, here's yeah. here's what I would do. But I I kind of wash my hands. of Yeah, this. he had the idea initially of he initially had the idea of telling Superman as not as from Superman's point of view, but from the Earth's point of view of yeah. first contact, first right. contact. Right. So if you look at that progression, it was like Nolan kind of like semi quasi brought him in. Yeah. And then they're not in the same universe, but he kind of. So there was there was it was very much known that he was part of it. But, and then they took that and tried to make a franchise. Yes. With ba- that. Like, yeah. They tried to base it in somewhat reality, like what DC, the DC movies were, had done well. And then they just tried to raise the stakes and make it bigger and bigger and mm-hmm. bigger. And then in, include elements like magic, include elements that are just too fantastical. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it kind of fell apart for DC. And now they're course correcting and saying, you know what? Hey, we have characters like Aquaman who live in Atlantis. We have characters like Wonder Woman who live in a, an old uh, Greek island of Amazon 
princess warriors, right? Mm-hmm. We have Shazam, who's a wizard. I mean, the, the the one downside with Shazam, like I said, it doesn't pretend to be anything other than it is. The scenes with the actual wizard that gives Billy Bats and his powers are pretty dumb. I like them. But that's the thing. They're dumb like, if they're taken like seriously. Oh, oh, yeah, I didn't. Exactly. I didn't take it seriously. If you take it seriously, if you put this, if you put that in the same realm that they tried to put Batman in versus Superman, mm-hmm. it's going to be stupid. But if you just look at it for what it is, it's not dumb. Because in those situations... You're you're Billy as a ten year old kid, exactly. And so he's like, "Dude, are you serious? Like, really? Yeah, that's what you're saying when you're looking at it." <laughs> yeah, that, that that's actually interesting though, because uh, Troy, you were j- just talking about like putting it against or up up with the other <clears throat> DC movies. Could you imagine a post a post credit scene in like the the Dark Knight of Shazam talking to a the um, a wizard, or right? It doesn't fit. It doesn't. It does not fit into the type of universe that DC was trying to create with, with Man of Steel and with the Ben Affleck Batman. And so their course correction they're making, I think, is good. And I hope yeah. ultimately it will be good. And I hope that, uh, you know, with the new movies like the coming out, like Wonder Woman next year, and um, and the, the new Batman movie that they're they're making, I, I hope that they just make it. What's interesting too is better because you know by, by doing this. They're going the Marvel route eventually, but it turns out Aquaman's their biggest character because he made the absolute most money out of all of their movies they've released yet. Aside so, from, I would I would disagree only on the. Well, basis I'm I'm that, I'm just basing it purely on money made, purely, purely, purely on a draw, okay, sure. on on drawing power. For some reason, Aquaman nailed it, and it made more money than any of the other DC. For some movies. reason, those pecs and abs and biceps. I know, huh? Brought in, <laughs> but, but, but 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 my point is, is now that's that could be their Iron Man because Cavill's gone and Ben Affleck's gone, and Gal Gadot's there, and she's apparently she nailed it, she killed it as Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is now they have those two money makers, and now now they can plan for the future instead of doing it backwards like they have been. Yeah. It is it is crazy to think that DC could be moving forward without putting Superman and Batman in the four. Well, and yeah, that's, that's the same weird. with like Marvel saying mm-hmm. it's weird that Spider-Man and Wolverine aren't yeah. leading their franchise. Yeah, exactly. So it, but, it, I mean, they, they obviously it works. I, I don't think we would be in that situation had they not sold those characters right. off. Right. Like right. Uh, what's limitation causes the best yeah. um, mm-hmm. form of art. But yeah, it's if true. you if you haven't seen Shazam, seriously, I'm go su- see. It's, I, I, it's a I'm good super movie. Upset like Zach Levi's so awesome. In he's that he's so. hilarious. He don't. I mean, don't go expecting that it's going to blow your mind or that it's going to be in, in like an amazing hundred like, percent. Yeah, it's perfect not even movie. like that cool of an action movie. It's yeah, just funny. It's just it's, it's just, just a good, good movie. movie. Just relax and watch it and, yeah. and and enjoy yourself. I love his like Rocky scene, dude. When he's like trying to get money, <laughs> lightning from my hands, he's dying. Dude. <laughs> Take hold of my staff and say my name. Krause. I I don't have any context. That's a funny joke. That is a funny joke. All right. So my, my runner up of the, of the year is, um, I decided to be film school Jake here and I picked a documentary done by, um, Peter Jackson, the one called they will not grow old. Um, the British Museum approached Peter Jackson and told him, asked him, said, we have probably 6,000 hours of footage from World War One in our mm. archives. I've heard a lot of good things. And we want you to create a documentary with this, with this footage. Dude, and that must have been brutal. 
Oh, and he talks about how they he went through and watched every second. Dude, dude not not only the length, but the content. That must well, have been brutal. And That's was, what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Just absolutely Britishly brutal. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but he, he talks about how he has all this old footage that he has to go through, the content that you have to look at. But then he says, like, they had a lot of footage from inside warehouses and stuff. And he says it was, like, black the film was just black with little specks of light in there. Mm-hmm. And he says, we had, we had like to Indiana, figure out into Indiana Jones type. <laughs> He's like, it's so weird. And you, he had, he figured out a way to bring, bring it, bring down or raise the, the, the light in there enough, push enough light through the film that he was able to get an actual picture out of it. And there was enough detail in there. And, and then he colorized it. But the style style choice that he that he chose was so basically the movie starts with a it's it's like a bunch of interviews and so it's a bunch of people talking about going to the war and they were so excited leading up to the war people were so excited to go to war because there hasn't been a war in a while and war was such a romantic thing and it was all this stuff and so it's all just these, like now it's all this these reminds me changed. of hardcore history man like it's like all what these said about uh, yeah yeah so it's all these British. <clears throat> kids basically talking about joining up and and being all excited and then and it's all this black and white footage and then as soon as it got to a battle it was this this camera was panning through a battle uh through a battlefield and then it transitioned from Ooh. from black and white to color oh, that that is awesome. and he colorized it but then he <clears throat> and the colorization of it he's like oh yeah we went to every battlefield that this place had that that we saw in the thing we found every single location from all these clips that we used and we took photographs from that time of year and then we used that color to colorize the film and so they colorized the film and then peter jackson has just endless amount of he collects like uniforms from wars and stuff. So he has the British and the German and the every uniform from World War One. So he was able to use those to colorize. He was able to use the medals that they had and all these this different things. This is really fascinating. Like I can see why you're going to film school. Film, oh my gosh. It, it was absolutely one of the most mind blowing theater experiences What's this I called had again? this year. They will not grow old. Okay. Um, and so, and then, so just the just the story behind how it was made, and then the colorization of it. Colorization, like there's a subreddit called Colorized History, mm-hmm. which you should check out. It's awesome. Have you seen the one of Audrey Hepburn? Uh, probably. Dude, I saw in love. <laughs> She's just like baking a cake in like a tiny skirt. Oh yes, <clears throat> right. But it, but it blew my mind because it's black and white with the colorized it. But she, I don't know. This is a weird tangent. But she's bending over, putting it in. Yeah. They, like her tendons are like they, they colored in her tendons yeah. stretching out and stuff on her on her ankles. They, they yeah. A yeah, lot of, a lot of it is guesswork on that. But mm-hmm. hearing hearing about this, where like they got the exact hue yeah. and everything. That's yeah. that's awesome. It is. Wild. Yep. That's the one. It is. They shall not grow old. Wild, and then and I know then, Jake told me to cut. Jake was like, "You, you got to come to me with this," and then I never did. It, it the then there's the content and 
Troy mentioned uh, the, uh, that podcast, um, Hardcore History. There's the uh, the Blueprint for Armageddon series that he did about World War One, and that was kind of uh, that was in the back of my mind as I was watching this this movie and and watching how actually brutal because um dan carlin does a really good job of describing what was what's going on mm-hmm. but but it's kind of like uh, in hot rod where the am radio host says this has to be seen to be believed <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but it's things like they they um there there was there's actual footage of um the um what what do you, what do you call it the the Air big, the big the... guns coming in and the the nope. shells that explode uh, fifty feet above the ground and then send shrapnel down to the ground okay. and it's the anti personnel um, artillery that's the word I'm looking for the anti personnel artillery and there is actual footage of these shells exploding and then you see like the shotgun effect on the ground and it was like what and when because Dan Carlin explains it and I, I was like okay I can visualize that. But it wasn't until I actually saw the footage that I was like, that is absolutely terrifying. One of the most terrifying things I've you, ever seen. You start seen. to understand the shell shock that they were. Shell through. shock that the mm-hmm. people had. There's there's a footage of a bunch of guys riding horses because that's how this war started is men mm-hmm. on horseback. And metal helmets and stuff. And metal helmets and Frenchmen in bright red and blue uniforms and plumes on their helmets. uniforms of plumes. To- Very like you said earlier, romanticized. Yeah. Like war at the beginning of world war one was, was a romantic idea and yeah. it was very quickly turned to like, Oh, like worse. No, this, like, is, this, this is, is nightmarish. Yeah. This is hellscapes. Yes. <clears throat> but there's footage of, uh, these, there's like four guys on horses racing up this road and a shell hits the road in the middle of it and explodes to a, like, doesn't explode the horses but like it kills one of the horses knocks another horse over and there's the guy that's on the horse that the guy died the horse died and then there's a horse it knocks another horse over and it crushes the dude that's on it and then the horse gets up and runs off and then the guy in the front and the guy in the back uh the guy in the back runs around him and they just keep riding down the road and leave the the two dead guys and a dead horse behind while the other horse runs <clears throat> in a completely different direction. And it was that moment where it was like, Oh, this is, and that's real footage. That's not footage. That's not, that isn't actors that it, I watched that yeah. and it's real footage. And then you see, start seeing the real footage of the people going over the trenches and running into no man's land. And it was one of the most sombering Som- See, like it was crazy. That's the other thing. Cause there's, there's two things that I, I geek out over. I geek out over film and I geek out over history. Yeah. And this is like the perfect thing about, about all of this is like, as you're describing this, I'm also sitting here thinking who was the dude that was holding the camera, watching these horses getting and blown to bits. You know they what I mean? Act, it was they like, talked about the guys with cameras there. Yeah. Cause this, this is, is the, 1914, exactly. 1915. Yeah. Exactly. So this is like, the very, very cutting edge of film yes. right as it's coming out. Yeah. And so people see these guys out there with these cameras and they thought it was still cameras. So most of the footage is people standing still looking at the camera because they thought it was a it, they thought it was a still camera. Uh-huh. And they it didn't they didn't realize that they were taking video footage of them. And so um, 
there's a lot of like people running up and looking at the camera and then just staring at the camera and not doing anything. It's like a bunch of children when they see. It's their- like when you shoot a wedding with a DSLR, you know? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's it, so it's the, the way people react to the camera being there as yeah. well is super interesting. But then it was talking about you. you anyway, I'm, I'm spending a lot, a lot of time on this, but um it was absolutely fascinating. And the stories that were told, they used actors because there's no one alive from World War II. So he used all these actors to read actual because he, he said they had I think he said they had 600 hours of video footage and 6000 hours of audio. Dang. from people's stuff and so they used all wow. this audio from like <clears throat> the 80s where they got interviews with the old people from the war from first yeah. world war to do the 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 interviews for it and it was and they talk about how when they got took people captive captive like they became friends with them and stuff like that and then yeah because it's very much not about like it, it, the the people on the ground weren't super behind the causes. They were just no, pawns. They're, they're just pawns. Yeah, the, yeah. like it was a, a political war that that was just it was meaningless. Well, and, and talking more about the romanticized version of war. Yeah, people died in war, but war before wasn't so much about like how many people are going to die. Is it was more about like controlling territories and capturing things and capturing uh, your uh, captains and generals and stuff. And it was like and, and becoming a knight and stuff like exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah. And so and in this this war changed all that so it's it's cool well, I, I definitely want to and, see this and world war ii is now. is something that is covered ad nauseum not that i'm complaining about world war ii coverage but world war ii is a very different war in that france was captured almost immediately and so anything about france in world war ii is about french resistance and world war one is about like they they held the germans out of france and so the french people like well, there's battles going on. There's people in Paris having lunch like we do here. There's mm-hmm. battles going on in Afghanistan and we don't do anything about it. We're just kind of like, oh, well, we live our lives. And But then there's like prostitutes that made so much money from just by living in Paris and then going out to the battle lines Dang. and then and then coming back and they made a ton of money. It's, it, it, I don't know, it, the, the stories from it. It's just super fascinating. And then it ends with the British soldiers going back to England and it transitions back into black and white. And then the mistreatment of British soldiers when they got back yeah, from the war. Because they didn't understand uh, nobody what they home, called shell shock. But nobody at home understood shell shock or or even what the war post-traumatic. Even, what was going on in the war. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's my take on that movie. That was a, much longer than I was expecting to take but um i could see why why it's uh, i yeah. i'm it was it i'm super passionate about it i loved yeah. it i thought i i would highly suggest anybody find a way to watch they shall not grow old and uh and watch that peter jackson did an amazing job looking forward to it okay chris runner up um I have to follow that. That's uh, my runner-up, Detective Pikachu. <laughs> I loved it. It's funny. Visuals are great. Um, I adored this movie. It it, uh, it was kind of a home run for me. It was. Uh, it's weird that it took this long for them to even make a Pikachu, like a live-action Pokemon movie. 
um the route they chose to go was weird but i know what i now i know in hindsight why they did it um ryan reynolds was funny dude i love how it seems like modern ryan reynolds any role he's in he just dives Mm -hmm. like he jumps in the deep end and it's so he inhabits the role out of anyone in hollywood he might be like the best at marketing for himself yeah because he just does it on his own social media and everything he does goes viral absolutely um (laughs) I don't know, like, uh, my wife doesn't really know too much about Pokemon. Um, out of all of us here, Troy knows nothing about Pokemon. Um, but it's it's just a funny movie. Like, And uh, the, the actual Pikachu himself is super likable. He's super adorable. He's funny. He's crude. Uh, he's got a foul mouth. So, I don't know. Everything about it just really worked for me. Well, still being kid-friendly. Yeah. Like, he's he's crude and has a foul mouth, but it's nothing that... It's, it's nuanced any, jokes. It's not Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Definitely not Deadpool. Um, but, yeah, like, the, even, like, the ending of it, too. Like, like everything about it just really worked. Like, it, it doesn't... It's not mind-blowing. I'm surprised it didn't make more money, to be honest, because Pokemon's huge. It probably didn't make money because of me. I didn't go to it. Probably. Sorry. But you are the sole reason. But considering how many people play Pokemon, buy merchandise, like freak out about it, know all, there's like a thousand of them and they can name them all. And what that means is every single, like almost every single one of those people didn't go see the movie. Um, so it's even up in the air if they're going to make another one. So I'm just glad that it exists. So if you haven't seen it yet. I wonder if it is partly because like like you're talking about the, the choice not to go with like an Ash like like whatever mm-hmm. you know like the the typical main characters in Pokemon TV shows um if that's why people they didn't draw as many Pokemon fans and and this is a Kinda weird tangent didn't this well, is a weird yeah, and it's too. It, it's kind of the same thing with Shazam and with Iron Man we're talking about taking like a side story as your first uh um foray Four. into the into the world is a good thing so yeah. may, I don't know and, and again it's weird that they didn't because it probably would have made more money, but I don't think it would have been as good of a movie. Yeah. yeah. Same with uh, World Warcraft. They made a Warcraft movie. I think I believe Troy and I went and saw it, and I was like, I, I know who this is. I'm. I never played World of Warcraft, and if they made a World of Warcraft movie, it probably would have made a ton of money. But they put storytelling first above uh, putting money in your pocket, and the movie was okay. But if they would have made just a flat out World of Warcraft movie, I don't think it would have been anything good at all but it probably would have made more money right i didn't hate warcraft i thought it was uh, you know like it wasn't a bad movie i didn't hate it either it It was great but yeah yeah it was was, it's a franchise that's hard to translate and i see why they went with that they went with the very first warcraft game yeah and it was definitely fan service yeah that's what it was for it had sexy orcs Mm. weird Mm -hmm. that's disgusting you people are foul um so before we get into the best movies of the year, our goats, um, I I wanted to talk a little bit about TV because I think that the like I said earlier, I think that the 2019 has been really good for the small screen. Oh, very very good. Um, and three there there's three shows specifically that I think. Well, don't name them all. Still, our thunder. <laughs> okay. Well, Chernobyl was one that I watched. It was <laughs> Chernobyl is one that I watched. That I, I, like Thunder officially stole. I was I was uh, I I remember texting you guys in the middle of it, going, "Russians might be the scariest people on the face of the planet." <laughs> mm-hmm. They, the way the Soviet Union handled Chernobyl, it, is the scariest. Yeah, 
And obviously, obviously Chernobyl and and other shows like The Americans and stuff are obviously dramatized, whatever, dramatized. Um, But uh, it drives home the point that, holy crap, the Soviet Union, I mean, yeah, no, to your point, though, Chernobyl was fantastic. Like it was it was it behaved very much like a documentary, but it was also very good in the sense that like there was. A lot of drama. With oh, it there's so much I, drama. I haven't seen it, but is there a is that part of the show? Like how it's how it gets handled politically? Uh, that's, that's most of the show. So I think the first two episodes, two two and a half episodes, are about the meltdown, the meltdown, and what actually happened. <clears throat> and then the last uh, two and a half episodes are about the aftermath, the aftermath, and how it was handled. Okay, oh. and the, because and that's almost. More crazy, more yeah, insane. Because ultimately, when political you look at, intrigue, when huh? you look at a disaster like Chernobyl, when they when they say that that the disaster of Chernobyl is like basically what what was it four forty atom bombs going off every minute mm-hmm. was basically the, the equivalent of the nuclear disaster that it really was. yeah it they was, said they said it was in freaking insane. They said the um, the amount of radiation given off by the Hiroshima Nagasaki bombs was seven hundred units. And they said the amount per hour that was being given off by Chernobyl was fourteen hundred units, Jeez. or fifteen hundred. It was like fourteen thousand or something like that. It was like it was. A, well, it was thir- the anyway. initial explosion was like oh, thirty thousand, but like just from the from the core burning in the ground, giving Radi- off radiation, radiation yeah. was was fourteen hundred. Or maybe it was seven thousand and fourteen thousand. Whatever it was, it was twice per hour. It was twice the amount of radiation that was given off during one of the. the bombs so anyway, in Japan. it was just this astronomical number. But basically, the whole concept behind Chernobyl is like you have this disaster. Disasters happen. Sure, it can happen anywhere. There's disasters that have happened in the United States. It's a matter of who was at fault and who's to blame. And Chernobyl, the show, does a really good job throwing it out into like. You know, the Russians made some really bad mistakes and a lot of people paid for it. There was there was and, two then, they, lines, and then they covered it up. There was two lines in that movie that really like solidified my whole Russians or <laughs> the Russian, <laughs> the Soviet Union was scary. Um, the first one was when the dude was like arguing and they were like, hey, boss man's listening. He goes, I hope he's listening. And he comes out and he says, uh, it's the Soviet Union's. Um, he said it's the so it's the opinion of the Soviet Party that uh, a large scale international nuclear disaster is not capable inside the Soviet Union. And so that's so that that was what they were telling the world. Yeah. It didn't happen. It yeah. it maybe maybe two thousand units got out. But even is t- what they were telling the world. Yeah. And not that fourteen thousand per hour is getting out currently. <clears throat> it's that maybe two thousand got out at one point. But like the other thing is that Russia even today is making their own Chernobyl movie series or whatever that blames the United States on. Saying that the United saying States had they're, a they're spy. not saying it didn't happen. They're just playing they're, they're, they're saying blame. it happened because a CIA CIA operative basically caused planted it. a bomb. Planted a bomb or something and caused it. So, so even then, now they're still trying to not admit fault. The the other line in it that was funny. scary is the main character is talking to the leader of the KGB and the KGB is telling him to lie and he says so you want me to lie and the <clears throat> leader of the KGB goes statecraft 
statecraft. 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 And I was like, oh. or in or in or in American terms, politics. That's and that's what that that's the scariest part about mm-hmm. it is. As soon as he said statecraft, I was like. Oh my gosh, this stuff is happening in America. <laughs> like not not necessarily there's a Chernobyl in America that's going on, but like the amount of political stuff going on to cover that the amount of statecraft, up. the amount of statecraft. You see it every day. Yeah. yeah. So what are the other crazy. the other three shows um that you're talking about? So I didn't want to admit this to you guys for a long time because you guys uh like gushed over this show forever <laughs> and then i finally watched it and i love it and that's barry this was the this is one of the other barry ones was barry is one of the most well-written shows i have ever seen in my yes life. oh ever and i told troy this i think i told jake this too but this um is a prime example of like why i didn't like breaking bad compared to barry uh breaking bad i felt like all of the characters were written well I just didn't like any of them. And it's hard for me to watch a show if I don't like anybody, if I don't have like somebody to, to root Even for. Even if they are technically a good character. Exactly. Uh, and Barry, every single person in the show is a piece of garbage. Like They're all terrible people, but you like all of them. <laughs> you can't help but like all of them. Even the the one who I dislike the most on the show, it's it's his girlfriend. It's this blonde girl. What's her name? Do you? I don't remember. Um, but the actress. Sally? Sounds. The actress is amazing. I can't get over like oh, how great. how well she's able to be like like she's acting like self, a bad actress, self centered. Yeah, and she she's a bad actress who's progressively getting better, but she's acting like a bad actress and it's stuff. Getting better, yeah, unreal. It's, it's like blowing my mind how good she does. She's she's clearly like a standout, even though her character is just like, oh, shut up, just stop, <laughs> um, dude, and like. I watched this. I'm on season two now. I'm not done, but I watched this episode and I was like, that was the best episode yet easily. And then I watched the next one. I was like, no, no, I take it back. This, this is the best episode. And the next one, I was like, this is a 10. This is a 10. This is the best episode yet. Um, Seriously. Barry is. Yeah. I'm not trying to give away like plot points. I'm having a really hard time not giving away spoilers right now, but like you said, she's such a self-centered person, and there's this moment where Barry's, they're try, people are trying to assassinate Barry, and then he comes back into his bedroom, and then she lies down, and she goes, she's like, you just don't understand how hard this is for me. And she goes, I know it's not easy for you either, mm-hmm. but it's just so hard for me while he's like just... There's bullet holes had, all over the room, bullet holes all over and the she's room. so self-centered she can't broken. notice. There's feathers all over the room because his pillow is shot. Almost... <laughs> and she's just like, it. It's just so hard for me to access this emotional part of this character that I'm trying to build, <laughs> while he's like, because <sighs> he had just <laughs> run out the building and had to like fight people that were trying to assassinate. Dude, she's him. on. She's on Skype with like her friends. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm on that show, and he's got a gun. He's <laughs> and he's he like walks out of the room like, <laughs> and she has no. She's so clueless. Oh, oh man! My God. Every character is so. I gotta good. say though, the There's character that steals the show is by no far ho Hank. No, no ho Hank. Oh man, he he's is so hilarious, he just, dude. He's this oh, super flam- effeminate, flamboyant Chechen who has no hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the actor has alopecia, so it's is it is yeah it the actor okay, has so it's but like <laughs> so he's texting Barry like hey the target's almost here but you you hear about them you can't shoot until you get a bullet they they want you to wait he's like what 
and he sends him like a bit emoji of himself like oh Goron's mad at you Goop. And it's like, <laughs> he sends a bit emoji of, of this bald guy with no eyebrows <laughs> and he was like hang on there baby and he sends a picture of a cat hanging onto a clothesline it's funny it's, it's so good oh man the but the line when Harry, when Barry says, "Do you think I'm an evil person?" He goes, "Oh my God, why would you even ask me that? Do I not yes, tell you that enough? You are the most evil person I have ever met. Such a pretty good, pretty good uh, impersonation of Barry. Uh, <laughs> Barry's, Barry's trying to like hold on to the last bit of humanity that he has left. And he, do I not tell you enough? You are absolutely the most." evil person i have ever met it's funny because uh it's on hbo right and it it was i have hbo through my amazon prime account so i just watch it after they come out right and so mar and i would watch uh game of thrones and we'd be like okay that's over now let's watch barry excited yeah so i was telling jay because jake came over and we watched it and like the hbo like the static and the fuzz and the <laughs> And then I didn't hear dun, 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 right after it was so Pavlovian. I was like, whoa, that just blew my mind. <laughs> it's weird that I listened to that and it was Barry right after. But dude, it's so good. Scott, it's so good. It's good. It's great. I believe you. I have my HBO. Now that we just talked it up, you can you'll watch it and hate it because we just support yeah. it. I don't know if Chris if Chris can go into it thinking that oh, these guys have touched it up and and uh, now he has reason to hate it and then he loves it then maybe that's and, and it wasn't even that it was just the whole thing of like once something gets talked up so much you yeah. like you try to temper your expectations a little bit but yeah it's uh, it's hard yeah so but yeah it was wasn't what I was expecting what's the third show you're in how about uh, Stranger Things oh yeah I, we, I just finished that the other that. night yeah. so good which we mm-hmm. yeah. I still have to watch it. So the rest yeah, me too. so good. Speaking of uh, Russians. Speaking of Russians. Speaking of Russians. Scary Russians. Russians Speaking and Russians. Uh, great show. Uh, no, we, we, we talked about it earlier. We don't need to talk too much about cool. it now. All right. Shall we uh, hit our, our goats of the year so far? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Scotty? So um, I actually am sharing with Troy on this. Cool. And, and maybe we want to w- hold this one to the end because it's a big one. Or Sure. I'll go first. Okay. I'll go first. Uh, John Wick 3 is my favorite movie so far this year. Um, first two John Wick movies were so good. I personally didn't like the second one as much as I liked the first one. Not to say that I it, it was bad in any way, shape, or form. It just... I like the first one better, but this third one I like just as much as the first one. It was so much freaking fun to watch this movie and the the introduction of the of of uh Halle Berry and her dogs mm-hmm. and the way that they it, they because have you guys seen this Scott mm-hmm. no I haven't okay. seen the second I need one to I, I John Wick's John Wick's all about like the realism of of counting bullets and and uh, except silencers are except silencers <laughs> are a thing uh They're but completely like completely silent counting bullets and then and then using actual martial arts and it like it's so and then the and then in this third one they they bring in attack dogs Mm -hmm. and she's like using commands to to send the dogs after people and adding that as another uh feature to Mm -hmm. fighting oh my gosh it was so cool when i'm watching it too like you, you know how things can be immersion breaking when it's too good (laughs) <laughs> like that that camera shot is too good it's immersion breaking yeah i was like how did the core how do they choreograph this like yeah. it was like a still camera shot with two dogs i think there might have been 12 
for all I know. But there was this, like, she was, camera was following her around corners, shooting guns. She'd it happens whistle. to me a lot with Warners. Where yeah. they pull, it pulled you out quite, of the movie. It, it felt like a, it wasn't no, a the, there was this, like, long shot. It wasn't a Warner. Yeah. But his dogs. Just it wasn't a Warner, but, it, but the whole scene felt like a Warner. Yeah. Going through the whole thing. Lots of it, camera movement. Oh, my gosh. It was so cool. Yeah, this movie. It's funny too. This is your your favorite movie of the year compared to your runner up too. Yeah, because one glorifies violence <laughs> and the other one. Yeah, but this movie, like it, every single John Wick movie has been like, well, the first one, like, oh, this just changed action movies. Either whether you saw it or not, you don't know. It's so influential. And the second one, it didn't have as good of a story, but the action I think was better. The third one has both good story, good lore, good action. And it it does stuff like, for example, a knife is coming down to somebody and John's pushing the knife, you know, and it's like that old, like, Saving Private Ryan, like, knife Mm -hmm. thing. And then when you're expecting the camera to cut away when the knife goes in, nope, the knife goes into the person's head. same camera shot and then everybody's like oh 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 they they look away and then nervous laughter afterwards yeah that happens 30 times 40 times in this movie Uh, yeah i was like i was dying laughing my wife's like you're a sicko you're disgusting (laughs) you're a psychopath um but the movie was great like the 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 story of i mean obviously it's not going to win any awards for storytelling but the story and the lore that they keep building the lore of this under the it's underground cool world, assassin man. world is so cool. I just I also have to say that I love that Keanu Reeves has become the most popular person right now, <laughs> like the most loved person right now. I actually love it. I've, all, I've always been Team Keanu. Yeah, I've never not been. Oh yeah. Um, so. and everybody was like, oh, like when when Keanu Reeves was in. Um, the Matrix, uh, yeah. especially the third one, everybody's like, "Oh, Keanu sucks." Keanu, he's so one-dimensional. Da, 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 da. I was like, I actually really like him. He's one, if if he is one-dimensional, I love that dimension. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, that's my and, favorite dimension. And uh, and now he's like the most popular person in the world. And he's it's like he's like good. being added to Times Person of the Year just by like sheer will. <laughs> it's like a popular vote. I know that I'm probably jumping the gun here, but oh, never mind. I'll 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 bring it up later when it comes up. Okay. So the, the the whole Keanu Reeves thing is like, sure he is one dimensional. Maybe maybe he has a few more dimensions than one. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the whole thing with with especially action is like you don't have to be Daniel Day Lewis. You know, you right, can you can right. be Daniel Day Lewis actually probably takes away from action <clears throat> movies. Yeah, absolutely. He would take away from it. So like, um, it, it's that's a good trait for for the oh, genre that he's agree. so good at. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't think that uh, that. Keanu Reeves is is that one dimension is bad for action. I, I just it's you can't throw that into a. Romance. Did you guys watch E three this year? Yeah, well, I watched. He, he it came out on uh, Xbox had a Cyberpunk uh, 20, 2077 presentation. Keanu Reeves came out and revealed he's like not the main character, but he's like got the most dialogue in the movie or the, in the show. And then he was like, "What I'm about to show you is absolutely breathtaking." And somebody in the crowd goes, "You're breathtaking!" And then he's all. No, you're breathtaking. <laughs> you're all breathtaking. And that's like everyone's favorite gif now. Is 
My favorite meme of him is the little short him next to him. I know. <laughs> and like me and my dad ordering breadsticks. He's just so cool, dude. He's such I, a was, good I was talking to my wife and I was like, who's the one celebrity you would freak out if, if you saw? And before she could answer, I was like, mine's Keanu Reeves. I would <laughs> just freak out if I saw him. I'd just nerd out like crazy, which is like common now. But yeah. like, seriously, I'd freak out if I saw Keanu Reeves. So there you go. He's uh, he's stolen my heart. Okay, Chris, let's hear your num- your goat um, movie so far. So my favorite movie this year is a surprise to me because I just was like, why are you making this movie again? Again, it's Toy Story four, and uh, they they said like right at, right off the bat, they're like, we're not going to make another Toy Story unless we have a really really good reason to. And then they made it, and I was like, well, that's weird. Like they must have had a really good reason, but I I doubted them. I doubted Toy Story for some reason. Terrible mistake. And we and we just had a conversation about how it might be the best franchise of all time. But I think this movie opens really really strong, and I saw it in 3D on accident. Uh, we just happened to go and we had our tickets We're like oh it's a 3d movie that's weird um so we got our glasses and everything and in the 3d that they built into it was almost like a disney ride like uh like one of those shows they have at disneyland it was so cool um but right off the bat in the opening i was like oh i'm hooked just mm-hmm. that intro is just like got you and mm-hmm. it's like might be the most beautiful thing i've ever seen <laughs> the on- animation yeah. in it is Unreal. It, it, it was real, and then there was like like it was it could have been real world, and then there was Woody a toy moving around, and it could have been real for all I know. It looks yeah. so real. Um, this movie's emotional. It's uh, it's beautiful. It's it's uh, character driven. It's not necessarily plot driven. This is Woody's story. Um, all of the other characters kind of take a back seat, which might depress some people, but it was very much necessary for it to work. Because this is is Woody's, I don't know. It's like his riding off into the sunset song, as a song, as a yeah. cowboy, and it, it was oh, dude. This the ending, so beautiful. Like the villain was relatable, and you you didn't hate the villain. You kind of understood it. And then uh, this movie's kind of getting flack for some people for not being political enough. Like like every movie has to have a message or something. I, I saw it getting slammed online, and then yes, exactly, Troy. Thank you for the gesture. I know. I agree, um, but. It, I think that it did have a message and it did have like a political message. It was just not one that people wanted to hear. And it's not even one that I necessarily like am passionate about. I just had one and it was good and it, it told it really well. Yeah. Uh, this movie was so good, dude. And Keanu Reeves is in it. <laughs> dude, kaboom. <laughs> is that what that, you're going to say? And that's what I was, yeah. was going to bring up. The Once again, animation. Keanu Reeves has stolen 2019 <laughs> in June. An- animation, I think, <clears throat> is where. Keanu Reeves is able to show more facets, more than, of his range than he than he's able to because Duke Kaboom in this movie Rizzo. is one hundred percent not anything that he could do as a in a live action movie. Right. He, I don't think he could pull it off. I don't think he could well, pull yeah, that. Ke- Keanu Reeves off. when he tries to be lighthearted, he's uh, I, I, Bill. I think that's also Bill just, yeah exactly. He, he, and I think I think. In animation, though, he's Theodore Logan. By the way, oh whatever. I think that's just Ted also the, one of the Theodore Logan. One of the things about animation as well is you anybody can be can show more range. I mean, like, can Michael Keaton really be Ken? You know, like that's true. Same kind of, concept, but that but, it's it's yeah. true. But that and and that's the great part about animation right. is he is he's able to to cry about. Mm-hmm. 
Prujot or whatever, the, some is little the French, French Canadian, Canadian kid, Rougeau or something. That, I don't remember his name. Uh, that failed him in the past. He's able to f- f- cry about that. Which, if he if they showed it uh, in live action, it wouldn't it right. wouldn't fly. But that's the beautiful part about animation is he can go and ham it up in a in a soundstage and and then it ends up being excellent. amazing. And the, this character was very much like a Patrick Warburton type of like <laughs> m- meathead, thick headed, goofy macho dude. Uh, who's very emotional, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like it really worked. And I, I leaned towards Kylie. I was like, "Do you know whose voice that is?" And she listened for like five seconds. Oh, it's Keanu Reeves. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, it was. He he did really good in it. Um, and he wasn't like, he wasn't in it very much. I don't know if that's a spoiler, but he was wasn't like oversaturated. There wasn't like too much Keanu. Yeah. So yeah, dude, I I adored this movie. And like days later, I was just sitting there doing dishes, and I was like. You know, Toy Story is really good. <laughs> it's just it's really good. And like that that's how I know if a movie is good to me if it like I think about it, it sticks with me. That's something I also <clears throat> thought about it is I don't know if I can compare it in quality to the other Toy Story movies cuz it's so different. Yeah, like the scale is smaller it, it, Everything is so different. It like and obviously it's a different director, but it feels like it felt they changed so directors. Human. Like, yeah, it was yeah. it was it's such a different movie than the other three because the other three kind of have the same feel to them, which is a good thing. It, it, it has continuity through mm-hmm. them. And this one doesn't have continuity with them. It doesn't feel the same. The characters are different people. Um, Buzz is a different person in but this th- movie than he was in, a, in past movies. It felt like it was more of a sequel to the first one like if it was if they yeah. didn't have a second and third mm-hmm. this is how buzz would be sure um but that's not a bad thing no i like, don't think it didn't, it's a bad thing at it all it didn't because two and three definitely exist because he's in bonnie's house um but that it just felt like it was more direct directly correlated to the first one and the, the first one's my favorite but depending on who you ask like the, the first one came out and the second one was better and the third one was the best. And then this fourth one is the best, best. And if somebody feels that way, I don't blame them. Sure. If somebody thinks this is the worst, I don't blame them either because it, it feels super different than the rest of them. Love this. Movie. When you're batting a thousand, it's hard to argue which one's the worst. I was best franchise of all time, man. <laughs> okay, guys. Troy and Scott. Go ahead, Scott. So it's kind of the, the obvious big blockbuster movie that came out this year. Uh Avengers Endgame. Yeah, let's try. To, let's be careful to avoid spoilers because a lot of people that haven't seen this movie. <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now, I then... know, huh? <laughs> Hashtag I am Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, that was my bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, no. Uh, here, here's the thing. I think of the four of us, I was probably the most critical of this movie, and it's hard to say that I was actually being critical because, um, in initially when I watched it, I was uh, overwhelmed, underwhelmed by the first two acts, and mainly is because I kind of like you guys mentioned in the Harry Potter. Um, when you're talking about Prisoner of Azkaban, when you're talking about the the time travel thing, yeah. like when you introduce time travel into a series or a movie or whatever, you're you're treading on something. It, it ruins thin. any prequels, yeah, or yeah. any sequels. Exactly. It, it ruins everything. Like, why not just do this now? Yeah, you know, you're you're treading on some really thin ice. You know, you're you're walking on it, whatever. But uh, that's that's kind of how I felt is with introducing the time heist. Although Avengers did it well. Um, Endgame did it well. I still was like, Ugh. and and they tried to like sides like skirt away from the uh, 
from everyone's criticism with time yeah. travel movies yeah. by being self-referential yeah. to mm-hmm. other movies. Yeah. But but still, and your your whole freaking movie revolves and yeah. is based on time travel. And, and then also along um, with that, the Russo brothers did it well because from the very, very beginning, um, again, I'm not holding back spoilers. If you haven't seen Endgame now, by now, you mm-hmm. just got to watch it. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But you, you've seen it. In the very, somewhere. very beginning they kill Thanos. And I'm like, Oh, I like, loved that. I remember in the theater, I was like, what, what now? <laughs> like, yeah. Because, because <laughs> like, they set it up as like, we got to go and get Thanos. And that was been like, we got to get the stones and, and the, back. And, and Russo brothers are, are really good yeah. at doing that because Marvel is notorious for like, we're going to have a Spider-Man movie in seven years. Yeah. And then like, so well, obviously Spider-Man didn't die because they're filming the second one. I know. And they've already announced it. Yeah. But then like the whole. So five years later blip. Yeah. No, I didn't expect that. Right. And that's yeah. what killing that Thanos in the first 10 minutes. And I didn't stones, expect that. And yeah. destroying the stones. And that's the thing is like when watching Infinity War, they ended the movie based off of the, the with everybody dying. Mm-hmm. Half of the universe dying. And every single person I know is like, they're not dead. They're going to get the stones back and bring, bring them back. back. And, they do. and then they break them. And yeah. you're like, oh, now what? So the movie. The Endgame does a really good job setting yeah. you up with losing all hope. Mm-hmm. You have no hope in the beginning. I mean, you know something as opposed happen. to the last time when everyone died, like the end of Infinity War. Yeah, no hope, and now you're no no hoper. Yeah, it's yeah. like double yeah. no hope, the, you, double you, no hope. You know, so you're like, what's gonna happen now? And then, <laughs> I, and, and so then, sorry, Scotty, speaking of uh, Toy Story, kind of post uh, all the stuff that happens in like the first movie and that get changes the the characters because mm-hmm. they've gone through an arc. This one. Five years later, all the characters are so dour and changed, mm-hmm. and like they're they're different people. Dude, there's a, a few emotional remember. moments in this, like Ant Man seeing his daughter. Oh my god, I was I was oh, getting yeah. choked up. I was like, and, and I love Paul Rudd so much. He's I like, love I was him. gone for five. Hours. I love him as Ant Man, dude, and I love how like a rat saved the universe and <laughs> let him out. And I love that Ant Man is the savior of this of this franchise. Sorry, the, go ahead, Jake. Uh, the mo- I, Scotty and I went and saw this uh, opening night, and I still remember the moment where it said five years later. Uh-huh. And like so the whole theater, the, going, air, <gasps> the air being sucked out of the room, mm-hmm. and everybody's going, "No, what mm-hmm. is happening? That's yeah. not really how it worked." And the, these guys are supposed to save the day, yeah. Like, and as if nothing ever happened. And Dude, I, then, I, have, I have goosebumps right now. So do I, I actually, because <laughs> I'm remembering and that then, moment. <laughs> and then the 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 way that it shows the emotional impact on every because Captain America is Captain America. Steve Rogers is unflappable. Mm-hmm. He, he he's going to he's going to oh I'd flap um, him, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's going to survive. He's going to to be fine mm-hmm. but to watch what the emotional toll that it had on thor <clears throat> and and iron man and was like iron the, man that was the emotional and, and physical toll and hulk yep. took on thor and hulk <laughs> and yeah. hulk was a it was a much more positive thing for mm-hmm. hulk yeah and iron man in a sense and iron man in a yeah exactly but thor it was very much like how five even 5 years later how much he had avoided dude i really dug that now that you're pointing it out out. because of the main four avengers two of them moved on and two of them clearly didn't yeah including a scar joe or a black widow yeah she didn't that's what i was gonna bring up is she she was like depressed like because she had a job to do she she couldn't she couldn't turn her back on it think about the emotional effect it had on hawkeye exactly i I was oh dude he was like this is the best he's been Ever. Ever. Well, his his situation is very similar to Thor's, where yeah. his entire family is just gone because of this. And Thor's <clears throat> was building up for 
years. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, in the second Thor movie, his mom died, mm-hmm. and so and then and so building all this up, da, 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 slowly building up to this like emotional crescendo that he has in Endgame. What was absolutely, and then when he, they go back in time into Asgard. He's and he's like, and he's like, yeah. I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this. I'm, I'm ready, ready for this. And then uh, Rocket leaves and he goes, I'm not ready. And turns around and goes to find his mom. And the, I love the, that scene, dude. The way he goes and just kind of melts to his mom. Like, Frigga, she's like, is, you're not my Thor. He's like, yeah, I am. He's, no, you're not. And, and he's like, where are you from? He's like, I'm totally from the future. <laughs> <laughs> but like the way he like melts and... I, uh, an old the the old I mean it was very well, relatable well, I, to me because I've had the moment where I've had my emotional breakdown where you're and freaking I freaking out and your mom's like I and love I just you. went crying to my mom <laughs> as a thirty year old man like yeah. it it's I don't uh, it, it's such a great moment and it's and such a great scene to add to that a very s- not so subtle but very well done moment where. Thor broke down. He couldn't move on, mm-hmm. but then he still was able to summon Mjolnir. He's and still was worthy. Still worthy. And then like, he says it. Still that, worthy. Yeah, that but still was... worthy, and didn't change it. I, I, I've talked to so many people who are like, "Oh, it's so stupid that it didn't change him back to like fit." No, I'm so for it. I love, I like going, I love that's like that my Thor. favorite moment in, in the Avenger costume and everything, fighting Thanos, and like mm-hmm. he's all fat in the gut. Yeah, he has like I a yeah. braided beard and yeah. everything. He looks Why, so cool. As funny as it is, but it, it's also like. This statement that the Russo brothers made saying, you can be this person and still be worthy. Yeah. You still can be be flawed and be worthy. Like, it's this great statement that they're trying to make. And anybody who says, like, oh, I, I'm, I immediately go total pretentious film school person, be like, you totally missed the point of <laughs> what the filmmaker was trying to... Blah, blah, Plus, blah, blah, blah. I finally have representation in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> this this movie... But had, Don Cheadle makes fun of you. This, bearded fat of, guy. <laughs> this movie had so many payoffs to some setups that were happening like years before uh one moment the probably the moment in the movie that made me probably cheer the loudest uh was actually a setup that happened in age of ultron age of ultron was yeah. when captain america tried to lift the hammer and he yeah. couldn't it, it it moved and thor was like mm. have you heard and the then he summons of- mjolnir and then he's like i knew it have you, have you heard the, the the theories on that too yeah it, it was either a he could have done it and he didn't want to hurt thor's feelings in, in age or of ultron. or b yeah. He finally told Tony that he knows who killed his parents, and he finally got that that monkey off his chest. And so once he once he was able to flesh that out, now he's truly worthy of, of holding Mjolnir. I mean, the theories are great. the mm-hmm. The moment, though, in that like that was a payoff that has been essentially Building. starting since. Have you the seen the beginning. the memes and, that are oh, like uh, it was so good decibel level, and it was like airplane uh, whatever, and then the loudest is. People cheering when Cap picks up Mjolnir. <laughs> the loudest. That, and I love Thor. Like, no, I get the big one. Oh, that yeah. that moment when he's no, 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 no. You take the little one. <laughs> gives him the hammer. Dude, and that's something I wanted to bring up too, is because the biggest criticism of this movie is a time travel. But I loved it because this movie was also a fitting end to the franchise. It was also a um, tribute 
to everything that came before it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They were able yep. to because of the... And in, in plot, in a very clever way, they were able to show that. And I know that time travel introduces a lot of plot holes, but I feel like just because time travel's in the movie doesn't mean that this movie also necessarily does it better or differently. For example, um, Back to the Future is one of my favorite franchises, and that movie has a lot of plot holes if you sit there and think about it. But the way that they use the time travel... I like mm-hmm. the way that they use time travel in, in Interstellar. I hated. It's the same concept with the same plot holes and the same paradoxes. However, I can like the way that one's executed more than the, than the other one. I, and I feel like this falls into the camp of it was executed really well. I agree with you. I, I think that time travel, like I said before, it's just it's thin ice. You can do it well. Avengers did it well. I just it was a little disappointed that they that they brought it up. They used it, um, but they did it well. Um, Back to the Future. I mean, some of your most some of your most favorite uh, franchises use time travel. Back mm-hmm. to the Future, Terminator, mm-hmm. right? Like time travel. I think um, um, if it was hinted to, to it, it kind of was hinted to with Ant Man, like the whole quantum realm, obviously. Yeah. But if the idea of time travel was hinted to beforehand, it wouldn't feel like Deus Ex Machina at the end of a twenty movie. Uh, series. Like, but everyone knew time travel was coming. It had to. They like Everyone they painted themselves that. in the corner. It, they, there's no way to get around. I, I just. I mean, it's the end game. But I felt like I actually wasn't expecting time travel. I was. Expecting oh really? Somehow oh, they I were. Was. Somehow they were going to use the the um one life, of the, the life stone. The the yeah. I thought they were going to use one of the stones. Yeah, I, that's yeah. kind of what I thought they were because that's essentially what they did. They just made the gauntlet. And they just did, they just snapped right mm-hmm. and they brought it back. I thought that's kind of what they were going to do. But the Russo brothers from the very beginning, stones are gone. Thanos mm-hmm. is dead. This is, you know, mm-hmm. no hope. Now let's bring cool. you back up. It was super cool. Was uh, and, and obviously, I like the movie. I put it in the in the best movie so far in 2019. Right. So, so it was a good movie, dis, it, despite the the fact that. And I hope the, it passes Avatar in the most money. That 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 whole thing is honestly kind of souring me to. I know Disney a little in bit. General. Yeah. Well, well, there's a lot of things souring me to Disney. Well, in that general. that in particular, because so far, <clears throat> at least in the first three. Um, what is it? Phases of Marvel. Yeah, they've been really good. Fourth phase, we'll see. Um, I've really liked Disney's implement or the implementation we've seen from from Marvel. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the the Russo brothers said it themselves. They were like, "What do you think about this movie potentially being the biggest movie of all time?" And they're like, "Honestly, it kind of sucks because when this movie will get spoken of in the future, it'll be like this is a movie made more money than any other movie ever instead of." Wow, these two guys took this franchise, paid homage and tribute to every single one of their characters, and it worked. And it was a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not it's not about the story or the characters. Mm-hmm. It's about the movie that beat Avatar. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. A, it made so much money instead of like wow, that's a really good movie. To to counter that a little bit, it's not only just the movie that beat Avatar, which it hasn't done yet, right? But but the movie that may or may not beat Avatar or got the closest to beating Avatar, whatever you want to call it, out of being money made, but it's also the movie that probably deserves it the most. Mm-hmm. Is I, I think that's so. that's kind of the point. Is it's like, yeah, like you have some bad. Well, to Disney say about feels it. the same way. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and start to, for our audience to explain some of the controversy is is it is like a couple hundred million dollars away from beating Avatar, which it, if you're looking at it in terms of billions, that's not that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. They, it, and it's tapering down. It doesn't look like they're going to beat it. So they, they announced 
that they're gonna they, they're gonna re-release it, and they've they've since with new footage, yeah, with, with, with like a new post trailer tease or something like that, yeah. And post, so 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 there's no so there's no uh, yeah post credit tease. So there's no new things to the story. It's just like kind of an homage, I think, that they added to who I, don't, I haven't seen the the re-release. Anyway, the, the re-release is basically one hundred percent a. A cash grab. A cash grab to, mm-hmm. to try and get above Avatar. And I think that's Disney. That's not the Russo Brothers. Oh, no. It's like, not the Russo it's, Brothers. It's definitely the Disney. Well, they don't have it's, any it's decisions. And it's because right. Avatar is re-releasing the first movie, the first Avatar movie in preparation for the Well, new there, there's rumors Avatar that that movie. might happen. Yeah. yeah, because everyone has to get into a pissing contest on, about this stuff. And I don't know. I think it's... Yeah, and it, it, didn't, it didn't break domestic either, so... It's second place in domestic, second place worldwide. So they're they're trying they were trying to be. And it's both. such a close second that they're like, if we could just get a little more, they, they, please fans just help us get a little bit more. Well, and then, but, but the fans, I think for the most part, the fans have looked at that and, and went like, you've got. What, what? It, it just comes across as desperate and you've got my money. What else do you want? More yeah. of it, please. And, and it's like the fact that it's Disney pushing it. It, it just. Everyone already kind of sees Disney as a cash grab mm-hmm. uh, factory that that, they that makes willingly really give their money to that, that they make obviously Toy Story, the Frozen. We talked it, it makes really really good movies, but yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy, dude. It's um, I don't know. It, and then they they released this movie. It had the extra footage. People that I know that went and saw it like it was not worth it. The movie's three and a half hours long now. They're, the footage that they added to like 10 seconds or something the after f- the after footage stuff is like a director know, saying already, thanks for I've coming I've already watched it twice in theaters yeah. like I'm not, I don't want to go watch it and then they released they released Spider-Man a week later exactly. to, to what like compete with themselves exactly and Spider-Man was really good we didn't bring it up but it was really good loved Spider-Man <laughs> great stuff um, but yeah like it's that that's the, the the thing about this movie is like now that they see what they have they're kind of being annoying about it exactly all right. Well, uh, I think that's a pretty good. Uh, it's a pretty good list. John Wick, Toy Story, and Avengers being the best movies of the year so far. So far, um, it's a good list. We Absolutely. don't have a ton of time left. We we've kind of gone over time on this. Uh, does everybody want to go around and just say one movie that's coming out that you're excited before for before the end of the year? The, the that you're upcoming for? Uh, live action Dora in the Lost City of Gold. <laughs> I want to Michael Pena. Michael Pena right is the dad, so I want to see that movie. <laughs> I love Michael Pena. I know. <laughs> um, you know, I I'll just stick with the uh, the comic book uh, movie. <clears throat> Thing that I do because that's what I do, um, and I am going to go with Joker um, as the movie I'm most anticipating. It's super interesting, yeah, intriguing. I, I, I'm intrigued. It's it's another DC movie. I, it's, I, it's like not on my radar too, which makes exactly. me more excited to see yeah. it because I forget about it, and then I'm like, oh, that might come and surprise me. Yep. For for me, um, it's two Stephen King ones, it mm. and Doctor Sleep. Looking I was going to say this if you didn't for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it too. It too. And then, and then, and Are you going to see it? Because it, it's scurry. Dude, it I, honestly. Like, that trailer with the old lady I'm gonna, the, seriously the makes lady? my skin crawl. Yeah. I'm going to see it, but uh, <clears throat> I'm going to 100% regret it. Do you want me to go and like hold your hand? Like, um, will you come like drive home with me? And <laughs> yeah. <then> we'll <laughs> and spoon him later at night. Because during the movie, up. I'm okay. It's, it's 
driving home mm-hmm. up into the mountains where I live. Stop his here. stop his wife from tying a red balloon in mm-hmm. the sink when he gets home. All, that's what happened the first. Time I'll drive with it. you, and I'll sit in the passenger, but I'll look in the back seat, like still nothing, still nothing, <laughs> still nothing. <laughs> um, those are the, those are two. I'm yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. The movie I'm looking forward to is the new. Um, uh, now I can't remember the director's name. God. The movie Quentin I'm Tarantino? looking forward Quentin to is, is, is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I said it first. <laughs> <laughs> you. Because <laughs> I remembered his name. <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's yeah. the one I'm... Because the trailer, I saw that, the trailer and I was like, that doesn't work. What does he have planned? That trailer... Yeah. Uh, 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 it's Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. And I'm like, those two are too big to be in a movie together. Mm-hmm. And like, it, they're too distracting to be together. And then when they do the little interview with the two of them, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so freaking perfect. Mm-hmm. The way that, and then the way it ends with the little girl saying, that's the best acting I've ever seen. And then he starts bawling because of it. I was like, God, and I, and I, have, I have to go watch this movie. And I have no idea what it's about. And, but yeah. I love old Hollywood movies. Yeah. Movies about old Hollywood. For some reason, it's so intriguing. Like L.A. and like the 60s and stuff. It's yep. super cool. Yep. Also, right. uh, La La Land. Oh, love it. <laughs> also, uh, Hobbs and Shaw. I'm going to go see that for sure. <clears throat> and you know what makes me the most uh, interested in seeing it is the director. The guy directed. Oh, I thought you were going to say the wrestler that uh, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns and no, doing the, the haka. The director he directed John Wick, Deadpool, Deadpool Two, and now Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> so he's he's not a bad director. Well, was. having just watched all those movies, it's going to be an action wild ride, mm-hmm. and that director just confirms that it's going to be a wild ride. Indubitably. Cool. Still a buster. Right on. No. Uh, oh, anatomic wand. So Troy, you have no, to go with me. No Star Wars. No Lion King. No Jumanji. <laughs> How about that? I might Frozen not, Two. I might not see Star Wars. But uh, see. seriously, Disney is just starting to sour me against. I, 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 I'm actively planning on not seeing Star Wars. And on that blockbuster, we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. Um, <laughs> Thank you guys. This was an awesome. Uh, I love. I love doing these ones. I wasn't here for the mid year review last year, and it kind of made me sad. Um, but, but that is why it wasn't that long of an episode. <laughs> that's true. I didn't. I didn't talk about they will not grow old for twenty five minutes by myself. But you sold us all. So yeah, <laughs> you sold it pretty well. So we'll we'll forgive you. Anywho, uh, is there anything else you guys? Wanted to. Nope, I'm about to pee my pants, so we need to end. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, uh, on that note, thanks for listening. Subscribe, leave a comment, leave leave some stars for us. Uh, Let us know what you think. I want to hear what your favorite movies of the year so far are. What are you excited to see before the the year gets out? It's going to be cool. Um, And uh, so, thank you guys. I love you, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Adios. See ya. Say